Hi, this is Werner Oberholzer for Talent Talks, and today I'm speaking with Debbie Craig about her latest book titled Power Up to the Power of Eight, Discover the Eight Critical Capabilities to Navigate an Unpredictable World. Debbie is the founder and MD of Catalyst Consulting, and she has been transforming organizations, teams, and individuals for over 20 years, working as a strategist, a change agent, and executive coach. Debbie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Van. That's so good to be here and to talk about my new exciting project. Wonderful. Now, Debbie, if anything, 2020 has shown us just how unpredictable this world can be. How has writing your latest book and your own experiences these last few months influenced your thinking on preparing for the future? Anna, it was tough. Yeah, you know, I said a lot of people, I'm an extrovert. I'm a face-to-face facilitator. I'm a hugger. I'm a wine lover and I'm a global traveler. <laughs> COVID took all of those things away from me. So um, I had to dig pretty deep myself to to find meaning and to, you know, I questioned my value. I questioned um, all my skills and talents and gifts that I brought up through the years and how I could offer that in this digital age, virtual age. And when people were going through so much uncertainty and, and sudden absolute panic, many people and, and anxiety about the future. And um, after my initial panic, I started to go back into some of my foundations and what I'd learned over the years and started to pull that in and helping a whole lot of friends with some groups around building creative resilience. And I suddenly realized that, you know, there's a whole new wave of change that's happening. And I had to simultaneously, while I was going through COVID, I'd just, just, just been through my NeuroChange consulting, my international certification. So I was learning about the brain, learning about neurochemistry, learning about habits, learning about automatic programs. So all of these things were very consciously being processed at the same time as I was dealing with all this change myself. So I think what was interesting for me is I started the book um, probably over a year ago and started writing for a context that was about technology disruption, exponential change, economy, leadership challenges. But all of those challenges, we all had sort of weeks and months of thinking about how we were going to change a structure or strategy. But now suddenly during COVID, it was days where we had to suddenly move from face-to-face to to online, from using these tools to some digital virtual tools like Zoom and Mural, um, and organizations having to shift people, you know, all the way going back to working from home and giving them the equipment to do that. So I think the sense of urgency for me kicked in during COVID, and that's what energized me after my initial chaos and tough time and digging deep. I suddenly found the energy to say, I have meaning and I have purpose, and let me get this out to the world. So I think there was definitely a roller coaster of, of um, processes and, and feelings and emotions, but it definitely did energize me in, in the end to be able to put this out there. Debbie, I think roller coaster is such a good way to describe the last uh, last few months, and uh, certainly, you know, it seems like we're still in for a bit of roller coaster riding uh, into the future. Uh, so, you know, with rapid change and, and moving fast in mind, let's just jump jump straight into it. And let's talk about those eight capabilities that you've identified. So, so Verna, we did a um, when I say we, myself and a colleague um, and, and some of my team members, we did huge amounts of research over the last year around what other people were saying about the future capabilities. And we also brought the 20 years of our experience and all of our social experiences together. And we looked at the World Economic Forum papers and we looked at all the consulting different papers and we looked at Singularity University and we looked at the, you know, the future Institute of the Future. And ultimately a lot of them had a theme that came through and, and the eight capabilities um, are covering the cognitive, the social and the resilient sort of foundational competencies, not the digital, we've left that for the digital people. But to summarize the most important ones, we came up with with the eight C's. And 
you know, if we can find, if we can help people develop and, and, and express their curiosity, number one, to ask the curious questions and, and be curious about themselves and the world and other people around them, to be uniquely creative and, and allow their own create, creative expression to come through, especially when times are tough and things have changed so fundamentally. And that then requires courage to face your fears and to experiment and to learn how to fail and then to consciously choose where to focus my attention and energy. So there's a consciousness piece um, around being organized and focused and, and putting your attention where it belongs. And then there's around critical thinking. That's the other C. So this is the, the eight C's. And, you know, are we expanding our ability to ask the critical questions so we don't make short-term um, to expedient decisions when we're still gathering data on a day-to-day -day basis? And then, you know, life's too short at the moment to try and compete uh, and do your own thing. We need expertise and um, insourcing, outsourcing, collaboration. So the other C is collaboration and learning how to have a sense of abundance and generosity when working with other people and build that trust easily. And then it's around the navigation of change. So, we, you know, as I say, adjusting to change, we had a little bit of time. Now it's around being able to bounce back very quickly and have that resilience to navigate change, but also to influence and support people around you to come with you on that change journey, particularly if you're a leader or if you have people that you need to take with you. And then of course, the final one is around a community focused collabor um, contribution spirit. So if we can look after the next generation, look after our planet and contribute to knowledge and um, other people in a way that adds value, as opposed to being a consumer and a, you know, the me, me generation, and you know, how do we start giving back and, 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 and um, passing it on? So those are, in a, in a nutshell, the, the eight Cs that it would be great, wouldn't it, if we had families and teams and organizations striving towards living those as, as much as they could. Absolutely. You've talked also about the sense of purpose and uh, being focused on creating something better for the future. Uh, what do you think it is about these eight Cs that combined makes them so powerful and, and makes them important? Well, you know, well, I think they, they work together. And, um, you know, one of the ways that we've unpacked the book is, you know, you can have the knowledge around a particular capability. So let's, let's take courage. Um, you know, we all want courage. We read about courage. We read the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. We read Brene Brown, you know, Daring Greatly or um, some, of, some of our other books around the power of vulnerability. And it all sounds amazing until we're faced with our own drama or our own uncertainty, or our own trauma that's coming across our lives. And we've all faced that in this time, reduced income, you know, health risks, uh, loss of family or the way of working or freedoms that we could to get getting out there. So in order for us to step into being courageous in times of big change and uncertainty, we need to adopt an identity. So we can either be sort of the the anxious controller that's always trying to plan and organize and be certain around life and sort of resisting anything that could be uncertain. Or we can adopt the identity of the courageous adventurer, someone who has a belief that it's not that it's okay to fail, that it's okay to have a bump and a bruise along the way, that it's okay to explore and worry less about what other people think of me when I go out and I be courageous. And to find that heart, that that lion's heart, that says no matter what, I'm going to be okay. So choosing an identity, having a belief that, and then adopting the beliefs of that identity. And if you have those beliefs that you believe it's okay to fail and it's okay to express and be your best self, no matter what, where you are at the moment, you will typically feel more optimistic, more courageous, more resilient when you go out into the world. And then you'll start taking actions and, and managing your habits and your day-to-day -day behaviors with that spirit and that energy of the heart of courage. 
Um, and that includes being vulnerable. It includes being authentic. It includes, you know, knowing when to stay um, and having the courage to leave, whether it's jobs or relationships or projects that you are busy with. So it's, it's digging into the change that needs to happen is not at the content level. The change that needs to happen is the underlying identity beliefs, feelings and habits. I hope that gives you a sense of, of how we do that. That sounds great. It's our, um, just listening to you speak and looking at the capabilities uh, that you've listed, it strikes me that there's a lot of emphasis on being deliberate in how you engage the world. Uh, and you talk about choosing and believing, and that that's the foundation for, for real change and for actions to then take place. I'm curious, Debbie, uh, do you have a, a favorite C or is that an unfair question to ask, like uh, asking a parent <laughs> if they have a favorite child? I think it changes on a, on a daily basis, you know, and some days when I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and disorganized, you know, I go back to conscious and where am I consciously focusing my energy and my attention and my choices um, and having a, a sense of vision. Other days it's sticking deep into courage. I mean, courage has been a theme in my life since I was a, a young person. And I think that that is one of my favorites. You know, I started off being courageous by you know, parachuting out of airplanes and diving with sharks oh, and um, <laughs> swimming in caves because I wanted to challenge myself to get over this thing called fear. Um, and then I realized over time that that courage in the external world is one part of courage. The deeper courage is actually the courage to face what's within. Um, and whether it's fears or old wounds or things that you might have been or done or can and can't do or are you enough? And, you know, um, those are the kind of courages that I think um, I would love to be able to work with people and have been working with people in workshops and retreats for years. But I think as, as we grow and uh, hopefully we have a little bit of wisdom <laughs> and humility as we grow, <laughs> we can share that um, and, and create experiences where people can find one or two little tips and, and, and ways of working that um, can enhance their experience in the world. Uh, Debbie, in your book, do you inc include some practical tips and guidance to help people uh, get started on this journey? How it was does a core focus of, you know, of the book, because uh, I think there's many books um, written around, you know, content and stories, and I love them, and I love reading them, but, you know, where to from here? So every chapter of the C's has a habits and a resources and tools section. So there's between five and eight habits for, let's say, courage, for example, the actual habits that you can go through is, you know, un uncovering your beliefs, challenging your fears, redefining fears, analyzing your fears, and then on the positive side, it's around looking for where you've been courageous in the past, what are the characteristics and capabilities. So there's a whole lot of um, habits, tools, and templates, plus some resources, videos, articles, and um, other tools and assessments in each of the chapters. So there's a, if you are keen to learn, the book will take you where you need to go. Um, and of course, we encourage coaching and buddy work, um, learning through others, sharing feedback as you're moving through this journey. We're also going to be offering um, learning journeys online and face-to-face -face learning journeys, which will take people through sort of a more immersive experience so that they can notice the programs. I think one of the biggest challenges in learning in general and, and needing to change is if we do it all in our heads without that feedback and practical experience and uh, of sort of that aha moment that kind of says, oh, actually that's how I'm responding in general as opposed to I can choose to respond like that. Those are the moments that you want to create for people and then how do we shift that? Great. So shift and change, it all starts by taking a step. Uh, if you had to recommend one thing I start doing today, what would that be? Well, Vanna, I have to start with probably mindfulness. 
And, you know, there's so many different techniques of being mindful. And in order for us to be aware of our choices, aware of what's automatic in terms of from our past and our upbringing and our social conditioning and what we've practiced up until now, versus choosing what is the most effective and optimal choice for me from now forward, we need to be aware of those underlying subconscious thoughts, feelings, and um, responses. So by being mindful, it's learning to, on a regular part of your day is to stop and to pause, to, to breathe and to shift your internal state from a state of survival and stress into a state of renewal and regeneration and creation. And that's actually using your parasympathetic nervous system and your heart brain connection uh, from a neuroscience and a biochemistry perspective to put you into the right brain state. And in that right brain state, you make naturally better choices, more compassionate choices in, in, in order to live your life in a different way. So mindfulness and then the t techniques below mindfulness that helps you shift your whole state is what I would recommend people to start focusing on. That's a, a very grounding way to, to end our conversation today then. My last question, Debbie, is just where can we find your book? Where can we buy Power Up the, to the Power of Eight? Well, currently, um, as we are launching uh, just in a week's time, you can find it on Knowledge Resources. So that's um, www.kr.coza. And um, there's pre-orders and a special discount, launch discount price. So you can go on and have a look there. Um, and at this stage, where you'd like to find more information around the book and the launch and, and how to order, you can go to my Catalyst website. And that's simply catalystconsulting.co.za. On that website, there's also all the resources from the book. We've created a special resources section. Um, and you can go on there and have a look at all the resources. We've also created a free resilience potential assessment. And that's currently on that uh, catalystconsulting.coza website as well. So I'd really encourage you to go in and test yourself already. How are you doing on those eight Cs? And then you'll know where to start focusing to, to build the rest. Wonderful. Debbie, thank you for your time today and for sharing your thoughts uh, on these capabilities that we need to develop if we want to thrive in, a, in an unpredictable world, uh, something we've experienced uh, with great intensity the last few weeks and months. I am Werner Oberholzer for Talent Talks, and if you've enjoyed this interview and want to access our extensive collection of articles, podcasts and videos, remember to visit www.talenttalks.net.